Hello, everybody. This is Alan Newsom, your host for the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. It's great to have you with us. I hope you're going to enjoy this. Uh, today, or tonight, whenever you're listening to this, we are going to be going through an episode of the Indie Show, Dogs, Dogs, Dogs. That'll be episode number 93. Now, you may wonder about the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. Well, uh, this Bible study was is based on a study that was begun by Joey Fan back in 1998. Wow, it's been a while. But it's great, a great thing that you can actually uh, invite people to because who doesn't love the Andy Griffith Show? And there are a lot of lessons we can learn from the stories told on the Andy Griffith Show. Now, we focus here on the Bible Study Podcast on the 16 public domain episodes of the Andy Griffith Show because, you know, we want to break no copyright laws during the production of this podcast. Uh, That's not a very Christian way to go, is it? So, one of those episodes is Dogs, Dogs, Dogs. And luckily, recently, we were having the Mayberry Meetup in Mount Airy, North Carolina. And it runs through the weekend, so on Sunday morning... We gathered at the gazebo there in Mount Airy at the Mayberry Motor Inn and were able to have the Mayberry Bible Study. Now, uh, you guys are listening to the episode, or we're about to listen to the entire uh, audio of the episodes. Well, that's basically what we did the day we did this podcast because we couldn't see it because it was too bright and the projector we had uh, couldn't project bright enough for us to be able to see. So... It was very much exactly like what we're about to experience here. So before we go any further, I want to thank you for joining us. And we are going to head on in and listen to an episode of The Andy Griffith Show. Then we'll come back and head into the Bible study itself. Starring Andy Griffith with Ronnie Howard. Also starring Don Knotts. The episode begins with Andy bringing in a tray of food for Otis, who is in the jail cell. Okay, Otis, wake up. (laughs) Come on, Otis, let's go. Come on, Otis. Ain't B's been by and left you a nice big breakfast. Come on. Food, Otis. Andy helps Otis set up. Shooby, shooby, shooby. What does that mean? That's how my mouth feels. <laughs> you feel better when you get some of this in you. Yeah. Here's a fixer-upper. Andy begins pouring liquids into a cup. Tabasco sauce, A1 sauce, Worcestershire sauce, and an egg. Otis is watching. Doesn't look very happy about it. Go. Andy hands him the glass. That? That. I gonna put that inside of me? You wasn't very particular what you was putting inside you last night. Now go on. Do I have to? Yeah, it'll fix you up. Help you enjoy your food. Oh. Go on. Otis begins to drink. Turns the entire glass all the way up and downs it. His eyes pop open, big, and begin to shake. 
She's making all kinds of faces. And now he sets up. Food smells pretty good. And looks just fine. Oh, I could never get anything like this at home. Sure you could. I bet your wife fixed you a nice big breakfast. If you'd go up to her in the morning and give her a great big kiss. Yeah, plenty of time, Nick. Not when I'm eating. Barney walks hey, in. Anything? I don't know. Uh-oh. I think this is it. What? You know, that application to the state office. Yeah. Yeah, listen to this. This is to advise that your application for additional funds for Mayberry Sheriff's Office and Jail has been received and is under consideration. A state investigator will call on you in the next day or two to determine whether added funds are necessary. Well, how about that? Yeah, at last, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Barney, what do you guys need more money for? Plenty, you for one. I don't know why Aunt B has to fix you them fancy meals at Andy's own personal expense. What we should have is a charge account down at the lunchroom and have the food brought in. Well, you do that and I'll take my business someplace else. Don't threaten us, Otis. Now, boys. I ain't gonna eat that food from the lunchroom. It's too spicy. You drink anything, you can eat anything. I don't eat nothing spicy. It's bad for my liver. Oh, your liver's a pickle now. It don't matter. Yeah? Yeah. Fellas. I'll say it right to your face, Otis. You got a pickle liver. That's better than having a pickle push. Yeah. yeah. Why stop it? Well, he started it. I did not. He started it. Well, both of you cut it out. You're behaving like a couple of young. Opie walks in with a dog. Hi, Pa. Oh, hi. Where'd you get the dog? He followed me, Pa. Followed me everywhere I went. He did? Well, what you doing with a rope on him? Well, that helped him follow me. <laughs> He's a cute little feller. But we can't let him hang around here, that's for sure. He looks hungry, Pa. Can't we feed him? <laughs> he does look a mite underfed there. I think he's starved. We got anything? Otis, you got anything left? Sorry, Andy. Just finished everything. <laughs> now, let's see what else we got here. What you got, Barn? Andy walks over to Barney's lunchbox. Well, you've got three sandwiches in here. Well, that's right. Two for lunchtime and one for late in the day when I get my sinking spell. Well, we'll get you another one. That's on salt, rise, and bread, you know. Well, we'll get one on salt, rise, and bread. There you are. <laughs> wow, just look at him go. I told you he was hungry. Well, now, don't give him them other sandwiches. Well, let's see what else. There's a Mr. Cookie Bar. Well, come on now. Don't give him my Mr. Cookie Bar. I'll want that later on. Well, why? Well, a slender, high-spirited person needs a sugar pick-me-up late in the day. Get you another one. Boy, he sure enjoyed that. He sure did. <laughs> well, now that he's been fed, could we get him out of here? Don't you like dogs, Barney? I love dogs, but not when we're expecting an investigator from the state capitol. Maybe you better take him outside, Ope. Can I keep him, Pa? Now, Ope. Please, Pa. I'll take good care of him. Honest, I will. You say that, and then Aunt B gets stuck. But I will. I promise. Please? 
All right, you can take him home, but make him stay outdoors. Oh, boy! Thanks, Pa. I sure appreciate it. Come on, fella. Let's go. Elby gets hey, up Bernie. and heads to the door. That dog sure enjoyed your lunch. Where do you have him made up? In a pet shop? <laughs> you keep that up, Otis. You just keep that up. I can still run you in, you know. Uh, yeah, man. I'll throw you out. Yeah? Yeah! Says who? Says me! Oh, hush up, both of you. Who got away? The dog. I took him home like you said, and I was making a bed for him in the back, and I turned around and he was gone. Oh, he probably went on back to his own home. Oh, shucks. He sure was a good-looking dog. Well, like your Paul says, he probably went back to where he belongs. That's right. I Andy, and Barney, and Hopi have been walking down the street at Mayberry and are heading back into the courthouse. <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Is this a house of detention or a kennel? How can a man pay his debt to society with all this yapping going on? Oh, pipe down, Lotus. Your time's up anyway. Why don't you beat it? What are we going to do about these dogs? Where'd they come from? I don't know. Maybe the little one brought his friends back for another one of your sandwiches. <laughs> oh, Andy, this is serious. Now, that state investigator is going to come in here and think we want extra funds just to keep dogs. Now, we got to get them out of here. What do you suggest? Pa? No, you don't. You take four dogs home, ain't be to have a fit. Well, there must be somebody that'd like to own some dogs. We could just find somebody that loves dogs. Barney begins to look around at Otis. Otis realizes he's looking at him and turns toward Barney. No, 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 wait a minute. You owe it to us, Otis. I can't take four dogs home. My wife just barely lets me in the house. <laughs> oh, it's that favor. Now, Otis, we got to get rid of these dogs in Prado, and you can help us. But four dogs. Otis, owning and raising dogs can be fun. It's a hobby. You ain't got a hobby, Otis. I got a hobby? Drinking. <laughs> Otis, you want to keep coming back here, don't you? Well, sure. If you don't take them dogs with you, you're barred from this jail. Oh, no, you're <laughs> That's not very friendly. This is Otis's home away from home. <laughs> place is always open to you, Otis. But we sure would appreciate it if you could see your way clear to take these dogs off our hands. Well, how do I get them home? Right here. You just hold this out in front of you and I'll follow it. Barney brought him his sandwich. Don't worry, Otis. They won't bite. If they do, my wife will bite them back. <laughs> come on, fellas, let's go. Come on, come on. Here we go. Come on. Come on. Otis is making his way to the courthouse door, leading the dogs. Hey, what else we could use around here if we get some extra funds? What? Some new cots. Otis has got that one all wore down. Have you noticed how it sags? Oh, it just sags in the same place Otis sags. <laughs> Look, don't blame me. I was willing. I took them home, and now they're gone. What? The dogs. I took them home, and I was just about to put them in my garage, and they just took off on me. Oh, that's swell, Otis. That's just swell. Pa, where do you suppose all them dogs run off to? Probably went on back to their own homes where they belong. Well, they're out of here anyways. That's the main thing. Well, that's what you wanted. You just wanted them out of here. That's all you wanted. 
That's right, Otis. Yeah. Thanks anyway. Okay. The little dog comes walking back into the courthouse, followed by a bunch of dogs. They all run over towards Opie, Andy, and Barney, jumping up in their laps. Scene changes. Back to the courthouse. I don't know, Barn. Full of dogs. That investigator's going to come in here and it's going to be a joke. He'll think we need money for dog breed. We'll think of something. I know. Why don't you take him over to the dog pound? The dog pound? What do they do with them there? Well, they feed them and take care of them until their owners arrive. What if their owner don't show up? I think they gas them. Huh? Oh, you're bright, Otis. You're real bright. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. If the owner doesn't show up, they stick them inside Otis, of the Otis, pipe down, Einstein. <laughs> Can I take it to the dog pound, are you, Pa? Oh, of course not, son. We just need a little time to think, so. What's say we go to the film station and get a bottle of pop? No, OK. OK, come on. What about the dogs, Andy? Well, just leave them here. They ain't hurting anything. Want a bottle of pop, Otis? Pop? Uh, bad for my liver. <laughs> Andy, Otis, and Opie. Relax, Barney. We'll figure out something. Head to the door of the courthouse and leave, leaving Barney with all the dogs. Now, where will 11 dogs be happy? Barney takes another one of his sandwiches. Begins to wave it around at the dogs. Heads to the courthouse door. Goes outside. Opens the door to the squad car. The dogs begin to jump in. The man walks by and stops. What's the matter? Did you ever see somebody take a dog for a ride before? <laughs> the man walks off and Barney walks around to get into the squad car. All right, move over. I'm driving. <laughs> the dogs are hanging out the windows of every squad car door. And Barney begins to drive off. Andy and Opie walk back into the courthouse, and it's completely quiet. The dogs are gone, Pa. Sure looks like it. Barney! You don't think he took them to Oh, no, of course not. Probably took them out and back. Hey, Barney! Barney walks in. Smug look on his face. Barney, where you been? Where's the dogs? You didn't take them to the dog pound, did you, Barney? Of course not. Where'd you take them? <laughs> well, I said to myself, if I was a dog, where would I want to go? And I said to myself, I'd want to be out in the open. Out in the wide open spaces where I could jump and play and run with the wind in my fur. So that's where I took them. Where? Out in the wide open spaces. I drove out in the country a few miles, found a nice big field where they could run and play, and I just left them there. <laughs> you just left all them dogs out in the middle of nowheres? Nowheres? Are you kidding? It's a nice big field out in the country. Wish you could have seen them running and jumping and carrying on. <laughs> Oh, they're a lot better off out there than they would be here. Yeah. Well, the dogs will be fine, though. Maybe you better run on home. Maybe you might have something she wants you to do. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about the dogs. They'll be fine. I sure hope so. 
I hope he opens the door as lightning begins to flash. Lightning and thunder. Looks like a storm coming up. Maybe you better hang around a while. I wouldn't want you to get caught in it in case it was a storm. Andy walks around to sit at his desk. Opie looks concerned. Pa? Hmm? Them dogs. They're out there. I know. They're out there in that open field, Pa. They'll be all right. I'm worried about them, Pa. You needn't be. <laughs> Opie, you don't have to worry about them. <laughs> what could happen? Well... That lightning. What about that? Oh, a dog can't get struck by lightning. You know why? Because he's, he's too close to the ground. See, lightning strikes tall things. Now, now, if they was giraffes out there in that field, well, then we'd be in trouble. You sure don't have to worry about dogs. I'm worried about him, Pa. Oh, look, Ope, what were dogs a million years ago? Wild animals, right? Wolves, coyotes, they know how to hunt and fish and look for shelter. You take them two big Airedales. Why, they looked as healthy as horses to me. And the little spotted one, he was in fine shape. But the little one I first come in with, he was a trembler, wasn't he? Him? Oh, well, uh, the big ones will look after him. See, they, they take care of their own. You know dogs have a way of, of keeping dry. You know that. I mean, you know, they, they're insulated, you see. And they've got this fur, and that, that keeps them cool in the summer and warm and dry in the winter. They're, they're really uh, set up a lot better than uh, human beings as far as that goes. Barney begins to look more and more concerned with every crash of thunder. As far as the little one goes, why, the, the big ones, uh, they'll take care of him. <laughs> you know, the little trembly one. Opie looks at Barney. And they're short, you see. Close to the ground. That way they, they can't get struck by lightning. Now, if they was giraffes, they'd have been hit by now. But dogs are short, and they, they take care of their own. Giraffes don't. No, giraffe, giraffe, giraffes don't at all. Boy, giraffes are selfish. <laughs> Just run around looking after number one, getting hit by lightning. But dogs... Barney, looking more concerned. You just gonna sit there, or are you coming with me? What? To get them dogs, are you coming with me? <laughs> Andy and Opie smile, and they head to the door of the courthouse with Barney to go get the dogs. They come walking back into the courthouse with all the dogs. Yeah. Well, you know what this means? You can kiss that application for new funds goodbye. Oh, I don't know. You kidding? We tell that investigator we need new cots, he'll say, what for? Dogs to sleep in? <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway, you did a good thing, Bob. 
You did a cardinal act of mercy. Well, like they say, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven. You're not talking to a jerk, you know. <laughs> you know what we still ain't figured out? What? What to do with the dogs. Hope he's playing with the dogs on the floor. Handy walks to the phone. Sheriff's office. Oh, yes, sir. We've been expecting you. Come right on over. Right, sir. Mr. Somerset, the, the investigator's on his way over. Hey, oh, why don't you take the dogs out and back and play with them out there? Okay. And listen, don't bring them back in here until I tell you, okay? Okay. Come on, fellas. Let's go. <laughs> Just for as long as the investigator's here, it might work. Might not. Yeah, but it might. Yeah, but it might not. Well, holy smoke, do you have to be so negative about it? Can't you be a little more optimistic? Okay. Might work. <laughs> yeah, but it might not. In walks Mr. Somerset. Howdy. Sheriff Taylor? Yes, sir. Somerset, state office. How you this? <laughs> Good afternoon. My deputy Barney Five. <laughs> I'll tell you what we need more than anything, Mr. Your Somerset. requests are all right here on your application. Uh, well, the reason that we feel that we need these extra funds is that Now, we that's have... why I'm here, Deputy, to determine whether you are entitled to these added funds. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, what my deputy was trying to point out... No, excuse me, Sheriff, uh, while I look around. Mr. Somerset is all business. Guns all in good working order, are they? Uh, yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> What we could use, though. What about cell space? <laughs> you uh, house more than two prisoners at one time? Well, not usually. Uh... <clears throat> well, <clears throat> we do. cell space seems to be adequate. We do need uh, see the, the cots there. There. What's wrong with them? They look all right. Well, they're, they're, they're wore out. Well, they That's... seem to be in good condition. In fact, the whole place seems to be adequately supplied. As I look around. Is there some project that you gentlemen are planning for these added funds? Well, uh, no. We, we just want to keep the place up to date, so. Well, the reason I asked that was that in my investigation throughout... Mr. Somerset's walked toward the back room as the door opens and the dogs come running in and jump on him, knocking him to the floor. Andy and Barney help him up. All right. I'm sorry, Mr. Somerset. These dogs really should be in a dog pound. They really should. Uh, now, you try not to do that. You've got some fine hunting dogs here. Uh -huh. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. They probably smell my dogs is why. <laughs> uh, you got uh, got dogs, have you? Oh, three of them. Two Labradors and a Beagle. Great hunting dogs. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, you've got some good hunters here. Yeah. I expect so. Yeah. Well, look, now... Uh, about those added funds, I suppose you could use some new cots, couldn't you? Oh, we certainly could. I imagine you can always use some extra guns. Always <laughs> use some extra guns. Sam Brown belts up my Well, now, Deputy, you got that. Oh, Sam Brown, too. Oh, wow. now, now, look, 
let's do it this way. If there's anything else that you think of that you need, you just let me know and I'll do the very best I can to get it for you. Well, that certainly is nice of you. We appreciate it. it certainly is. <laughs> oh, you got a good bunch of animals. Yes. Yeah, we're proud of them. We can't let these little fellas go to town. Oh, oh no, that would never do. <laughs> it's a pleasure meeting you both. Yeah. A pleasure meeting you, Mr. Somerset. You come back now anytime. Mr. Somerset heads to the door and leaves. Did you see that? Well, the quality of mercy is not strained. You wasn't talking to a jerk, you know. Barney and Andy begin to laugh and pet the dogs. <laughs> Scene changes, and in walks Andy and Barney, looking very tired. Well, I would never want to have to do that again. Me neither. Well, at least we got them all in homes, anyhow. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah, it's surprising how many people take a dog in if you just ask them. Yeah, it is. Somebody trying to get in? If it's them dogs, I ain't budging. <laughs> the door keeps shaking. Andy opens the front door to the courthouse, and there's somebody standing outside the door. Sheriff? Yes, sir. Biggers, my name. Clint Biggers. Well, what can we do for you, Mr. Biggers? Someone was telling me that they seen you a while back with a whole pack of dogs. What about it? Well, I've been hunting them critters high and low. Them's my dogs. <laughs> How's that? There's 11 of them, to be exact. Airedale, Bassett, Terrier. One little scraggly one. Them's the dogs you had in your car. Ain't they? Andy looks to Barney. Well, don't just stand there. Let's get some rope and go get them. Andy walks out. Barney looks disgusted. Walks with him and closes the door. <laughs> oh, man. Is there anything better than uh, listening to or watching an episode of The Andy Griffith Show? That, uh, that was great. Dogs, dogs, dogs. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Now we're going to head over to the uh, gazebo at the Mayberry Motor Inn. And we're going to join the Bible study group that's there. Uh, this group, as I said before, is uh, they were in Mount Airy for the weekend to enjoy just a Mayberry meetup. In other words, just to get together, sit around, watch episodes of the Andrew Griffith Show, and visit. Well, on Sunday morning, we decided to do the Bible study. We've done that the last, well, two years. This was the third year of doing it. And we're about to join them now. It's it's warm out in the gazebo, so you'll hear a fan humming in the background. Hopefully that's not distracting to you. But you're going to be joining them uh, right there. There's about 12 people that were still able to come on Sunday morning in the, uh, uh, in the gazebo. So you're going to hear them uh, discussing and talking about this episode. And it'll be me that's leading it, so you'll hear my voice and then followed by other people who were just in attendance that uh, had wonderful things to say. I want to thank all of them for being there. Now, before we go there, I want to remind you that there's a study guide for this uh, episode and all the episodes of the uh, Mayberry Bible Study Podcast that you can go and pick up at, you can go to mayberrybiblestudypodcast.com for this particular episode, which would be dogs, 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 and you can download it. It's an Adobe PDF file. 
and you'll be able to read along and uh, see what Bible verses we're going through. I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, you can pause right here and go and get it. And you don't have to have it, but it does add some to the uh, experience, I do believe. All right, folks. Well, let's head over. I believe uh, the prayer is uh, about to start. So let's head over to the gazebo. All right, so let me, uh, let me open this up in prayer. Father, we just thank you that uh, we've had a chance to gather together uh, today to, do the, to watch an episode of the Andy Griffith Show or listen to an episode. Lord, and we just uh, thank you that uh, we have these friends, Lord, that uh, they're willing to share their time and just to be a part of this uh, Bible study, Lord. We, uh, we thank you for all that you do for us, Lord, and we just ask that you just lead us in our discussion as we try to learn what we can from uh, some of the actions that we saw from some of the characters in the episode today, Lord, and how that reflects on how we should behave as Christians. Lord, we, uh, again, just ask that you just uh, have your Holy Spirit here with us and just guide us and lead the conversation. Amen. All right, so we all know the episode, Dogs, Dogs, Dogs. We just watched it or listened to it. Uh, but uh, there's uh, so many things that happen in this episode that are, are I, I, it's a great episode. This is a funny one. I love uh, watching this particular show. Uh, so we're going to head on into the discussion part of this. So we, you guys have a hand out there with you. So how was Andy an example of mercy to Opie? So what kind of example did Andy show? Because uh, Opie came walking in, he brought that dog in, that first dog, the first little scrawny dog that he brought in there. So, you know, Andy was telling him, oh, I don't know, because Opie wanted to keep it. Well, first off, Opie said he followed me home, right? And Andy said, well, what's that rope around his neck? Well, that, <laughs> that helped him follow me, I believe is kind of what he said. So Andy knew Opie liked this little dog that he had ran into or found somewhere, and even enough to go find a rope put around the dog's neck so he'd follow him home. And then Andy, uh, Opie was asking Andy, can I, can I take it home? Well, you, the whole discussion there was like, Aunt B is not going to like you bring this dog home. And Opie's like, I'll take care of it. Yeah, sure you will, basically was his answer. Uh, some of us were either kids or adults that had kids that didn't take care of their pets, and you have to change their litter box, Jan. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. Or, or whatever the animal might be. So I think Andy in this, he was showing a lot of mercy to Opie, just even letting him bring the dog home. Because he knew Opie kind of liked the little dog. And uh, in Matthew 5, 7 says, uh, Blessful are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So, you know, as Christians, we want to... We want to try to be sensitive to other people's thoughts and feelings. You know, we want to be able to uh, show some of that mercy. Andy knew good and well Obi wasn't going to take care of that dog. He knew it. He was going to try to, but Obi's a little boy. He's not going to. He's not going to remember to feed the dog. He's not going to remember. To, he's going to have to be told every day. Probably take that dog out and walk it, or go outside and do whatever he needs to do: feed it, water it, all those kind of things. So that was an example of his mercy. Anybody have any other? Thoughts on that example? When they got home, he's going to have to explain that too That's right. to her. That's right. So, yeah, so Andy was going to have to explain it. He's going to have to explain it to her, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so Andy already knew he was going to be in trouble with Aunt B when, uh, when Opie carried the dog home. He knew, but he still said, Yeah, you can take it home. So, what are some examples when someone showed you mercy? 
You ever had anybody show you mercy uh, in your life? Not necessarily with a pet. But uh, your your wife has shown you mercy. Is that what you're saying over there? Yeah, yeah. I, I would. Uh, I think all the men should go ahead and go. Yes, that's me too. Yeah. So, just uh, uh, so some of the times that people have shown you mercy. I think when you start a new job and you're not sure of what you're doing and you make a mistake and the people that your superiors are above you and they say, okay, you didn't understand that let's go over it again and let's make sure you understand it rather than taking your head off at the, at the onset. That's a good example. Yeah. And, 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 uh, definitely that's a good example. And hopefully we do that for the other ones, right? So the new guys that come in, new people that come in, they don't know what they're doing when they first get there. That's a great example. People that show up at uh, work or show up, uh, help you at, uh, at a volunteer event, they don't know what to do. So do we show them mercy and, you don't think about it. You think that's just being nice. But do we realize that that's actually uh, a biblical thing? Uh, you know, Psalms 28, verse 6 says, Praise be to the Lord, for He has heard my cry for mercy. I don't think people realize sometimes that that's what they're getting when you're doing that or that you're giving that. You know, we don't think about it like that. We, we, uh, a lot of us were raised that way. You know, we just we open the door for people and hold it open. You ever do that? You know, you're walking through a door, you see somebody, maybe they don't even need help coming through the door, but you hold it open. Is that showing mercy? Maybe it is. You know, we, I think a lot of times we think a lot of the events that we do that are, you know, Christian things to be doing, just little things like that, they mean a lot. And we often don't remember, we don't even recall doing it. And we don't remember at all. I had another one just for church. If you're sitting in church and somebody, a lot of times, if somebody's sitting on the end, they kind of, instead of sliding over, they'll stay on that end and then step back and then let people in and then go, visitors especially at church. Oh, yeah. Uh, Does anybody at their church, uh, that's a good one. Does anybody at their church have uh, like assigned seats? You know? (laughs) Oh, look at that, yeah. Well, Colin brings his own seat with him. But, uh, but yeah, that's a good point. It's an unwritten rule at churches. There's certain uh, people that sit in a certain spot. Exactly. So, Colin had Rodney Dillard come to our church, and and he was singing. And so people from other churches came because they wanted to see Rodney Dillard sing. So this group came in and they said, Sandy, we don't want to sit in any one seat, so please tell us where to sit. And I said, oh, we're not like that here. We don't have a sign seat. So they sit down. Then someone from our church comes up and says, you better move because that's been my seat for 30 years. I could have died. And I just got out saying. I had just said. That's why Colin threw his hand up. <laughs> he got really mad that we didn't treat the visitors right. Or our, that's a great example. Oh, heaven forbid. Yeah, parking places. People may have their park. Oh, my goodness. I don't believe that's an isolated event to your church. But listen, anybody, we have got to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because it's, it happened in my church. A lady came in, went in, and came walking right back out. I was ushering. I said, is there anything wrong? She said, well, uh, a lady came and told me to get up. That was her seat. <laughs> and so the lady left. Oh, my goodness. 
I don't think anybody did that on purpose. You know, I don't think that they even realize what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I, I want to believe that. People are not realizing that they're, <laughs> they're not showing mercy at all. Now, if you have a, you know, there's a reason to have an assigned seat. That maybe because, you know, like with Colin, there's probably an area where he sits. Y'all sit with him. Yeah, but we someone sits in his seat, we just go somewhere and put him out in the aisle because we don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Right. And some people that are not in a wheelchair will say, I'm so sorry we got your seat. I said, we don't have one seat. Right. So we don't ever want anyone to think that we have to sit in a certain place. Right. We don't. There's another story like that. Dave Vault came to visit our church <laughs> just for Colin and wanted to sit with Colin. So he came early and asked everybody where we sit because on both sides of the church, we have places that the pew's short for wheelchairs. Well, we came in and seen people sitting where we always sit, and it was Dave Vault waiting on us, but we didn't realize it, so we went to the other side of the church. And after it got started, he came on around there where we was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that's good. So hey, let's make sure we show mercy in this particular area because we certainly don't want to run people off from church because you were because they were in your seat let's don't do that so that's a that's a good one oh my goodness yeah so i'm glad y'all brought that up i wouldn't have probably brought that up because uh i'm still embarrassed that it happened at my church that time but uh, i never did find out who it was that told the lady that that was her seat but uh anyway so those are good examples what cardinal acts of mercy have you done for others what kind of what kind of acts of mercy have you done have you ever done anything to help somebody now that could be somebody had a flat tire on the side of the road and you stopped and helped them you ever done that you ever given somebody a ride because their car had broken down maybe and you're giving them a ride somewhere sure. you know you done stuff like that you, you don't think about that being an act of mercy but it is have you ever been stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire or uh, out of gas and nobody will stop and pick you up isn't it a mercy if you get them there when we had our first child our church brought us dinner which was wonderful Unfortunately, it was a roast. That's it. It was a piece of meat. And immediately I decided that I would be the food committee. So from then on, if you died, had a baby, or had surgery, you got five days worth of meals from 15 different people, and you never just got a roast. Sometimes you get three lasagnas in a row, but never just a roast. <laughs> That's right. And people don't realize either, uh, bringing food to people that are sick or somebody's in the hospital, somebody's had surgery, something like that, you don't really realize what a, uh, what a blessing that is to the people that are receiving it. Because it's not that hard for you normally. Uh, it's not hard for me at all because my wife does it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, it's, uh, but it really, I know when Jan had had back surgery and people brought food to us, it was a... Uh, it was a little thing, but it was a, it really was a mercy they were showing toward me that really did help me uh, a lot. I'll tell a story. When I had my, I don't remember now if it was my first or second back surgery, a really good friend of mine came and sat with me just to visit with me to keep me company. Because, well, when I had my first back surgery, you know, I was confined to the house. And it was, I had it the day after Thanksgiving. So I was doing all my Christmas shopping online. So the only people I saw were Alan and Adam. And I love them to death, but that's the only people I saw. So when the UPS guy came to deliver my Christmas packages, I loved seeing the guy because he was my other company. So anyway, um, my friend Lisa would come to the house and sit with me. 
and uh, she decided she was going to teach me how to to, um, to knit. And I was hopeless. I mean, it was awful. She sat there trying to show me how to do it, and um, she would get me started, and she would sit down, and I would say, I think I've messed up. And she'd get back up and start get me fixed, and she'd sit back down, and I'd go, I think I've messed up. <laughs> and she would, she would get back up and sit, get me fixed again, and she'd sit back down. Um, I think I've messed up. <laughs> and this would happen over and over. And I finally said, after about 30 minutes of this going back and forth, I said, okay, I think we just need to stop this. And she finally said, I'm so glad you said that because she's really, really sweet, but she's also pretty direct. And she said, I was just about to tell you, you just need to quit. <laughs> anyway, she was really sweet to come over. I had other friends like that, but it was really sweet that she came over and was going to help, you know, teach me a new craft because I was limited to sit there and, you know, couldn't do very much. But anyway, that was just funny that she was going to try to help me out. And I, you know, that was just something I was never able to accomplish. But anyway. That's good. Yeah, you don't realize a lot of times what people, just little things that you do for people, what it means. Yeah, I, in my job a lot, I help stranded motorists and different things. But I have one of the most dangerous jobs now, and that is not only teaching dare, but I have to put people out of their homes, unfortunately. I have to take their property, working in civil. I serve papers on them all the time. So instead of being the, what they call the mean cop, I try to explain to them a little bit, you know, well, this is what's going to happen, and let me give you some advice to help you. Even though I'm not a lawyer, I'm not supposed to give advice, I still do, just to help them out make the transition a lot smoother. Right. So you right. show them a little bit of mercy before you run them out. That's right, showing them mercy. <laughs> Well, you're, you're like Andy was when he had to throw Frank Myers out of his house, right? So you're trying to help him. So, I mean, that's what, that's what God wants us to do, I believe. I want a real quick story. You were talking about helping stranded motors. Right after I graduated from high school, my uncle wanted me to sell apples out of his 200-acre orchard there in Gordo and right on a busy highway. And one day I had a customer. I think he was selling for $3 a bushel. It tells you when I finished high school. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, this elderly couple came by in an older Jeep like this one sat here. It was, and they went on about 200 yards past me, and they had a real flat. And when I got through the customers, I ran down there. And they were, I could see them pulling uh, all their luggage out to find their jack. And their jack, the support was just a plank. They had, and they was trying to jack it up, and I was, but it was too... I got down there just in time as it was falling towards the elderly couple in the oh ditch, and I was able to grab it. It was kind of a balance and push it back out in the highway. And they thanked me for saving. Probably broke their leg. But anyway, I ran and got my jack. I said, you'll never change the tire for them. They were so thankful. They both turned around and come back, and each one of them bought an apple. <laughs> <laughs> See? You, you got rewarded immediately there. That's great. That's great. I just want to say that I'm so glad that we're doing this because I had never, it makes me appreciate Sandy even more. I never knew she was showing me mercy. I just thought she wasn't smart enough to run me off. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of mercy. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I have a neighbor who's um, back several years ago when my mother broke her hip, my neighbor's wife broke her hip the year after my mom so 
and like like Jan said, nobody came around. Nobody wants to be around. I don't know what it is, but it's like all my brothers and sisters say, well, we don't want to see mom that way. Well, I didn't either, but I had to deal with it. So <clears throat> my neighbor and I, we were the only, we would meet at the mailbox, and that was our big, I mean, we looked forward to meeting at the mailbox because we could talk to each other. And But I had been feeding them probably for 15 years because she couldn't cook, and he doesn't know how to cook. So... And Stan and I keep doing that. And Stan will go talk to him several times a day. And like when we left to come over here, he cried. He was like, I will be so lonely. I cannot, I just want y'all to come back. Hurry and come back. Because he, he has two sons, but they, you know, they don't, they just don't know how to deal with it either. But it's, I never thought of that as showing mercy to him. But when we cook, I mean, I cook every night. You can't cook for two people. You always have enough. So I always cook for him. And he is so thankful, and it's like, I didn't realize until it happened to me, until my mom was down, and I I couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And it was hard on her, too, because she was such a people person, and she wanted to be out. But, you know, she would always tell me, cook for them, take them food, take them food. And, and I'm thankful for that, because I still do that. I'm still, like, looking for ways that I can do. And even though in my mind it doesn't seem like a big deal, a meal... But to some people, like my neighbor, he is like, I don't know what I'd do without you. He's, we told him we were going to move one time, and neighbors on all three sides said, we'll starve to death. What are, you can't leave. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think uh, that really is a deal. We, we often don't think that the little things we're doing mean a lot, but, but they do. Uh, let's see, the uh, verse that goes along with this, we got, uh, Luke 10, 27 says, uh, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's what you're talking about doing right there. Loving your neighbor, <laughs> carrying them there. That's right. It's not a big, huge thing. That's right. It, just, amen. Little things. What? Yeah, little things that people need you to do, whether it's mow their yard because they're hurt uh, or, you know, some reason. It's just little things. You you, you really can't realize, I don't think, how much you really impact. I don't. It's a, it's a problem for all of us, I know. We live near a college, and our daughter was there for four years. And during those four years, plus some, Dennis would fix the college students' cars for free. You know, whatever they needed, whatever parts. And then something we just started doing, and I don't know if it goes under this one, but we have homeless people once in a while that are near the parking lots or whatever, and I always hated going by them. It's like, isn't there something, you know, you can do? And I read online of the Blessing Bag Ministry. I don't know if anyone knows about it, but we just fill up, we just do it ourselves, but it's just filling up a Ziploc bag with personal items, which I never would have thought, deodorants, toothbrush, and then just food items, and then a bag of water, or a bottle of water, and we keep it in the car. And whenever we come across somebody, you know, by Walmart or whatever, we just give them a bag, and they always say, God bless you. I put a track in you know you are special because they are but sometimes there's not facilities that you can really send them to you know so it's just to help and that's not giving them money just in case you know they be their notice or whatever but (laughs) you know so yeah there's all sorts of ways well it's just little things Uh, i mean really little things really impact people's lives you know little things they add up too all right, so Otis said uh, he had finished his breakfast when he ate the last bite. If you remember what he had, he, he said, I'm a, I don't have anything left, and he stuffed something in his mouth right at the end, right? Uh, Barney reluctantly parted with his sandwich and a Mr. Cookie bar uh, to feed the hungry dogs. Uh, what does this tell you about our attitude toward the suffering of others? That's kind of what you were talking about right there. Well, our 
What does that tell you? Our whole society now is me first. That's I'm right. taking care of me first, you know. And, you know, the Lord said you take care of others and he'll take care of you. You go bless somebody. Forget about your own problems and your own things going on. It's like when my mom was down, I we did more for other people than but, you know, you can't outgive God. So as I'm giving to them, there's people, it's like, um, <clears throat> it was so sweet, but I was trying to mow for my neighbor. His wife was in a facility for about four months after she broke her hip. So I was mowing. I had a sitter to come sit with my mom so I could go mow his yard. And then when I came back, my neighbor beside me had mowed mine. Oh, <laughs> it was like, this is good. you can't outgive God. So you need to quit worrying about your own problems because you can't do anything about your problems. You just need to go bless others and do something. And plus, it gets it off your mind. You feel so good when you go bless people. You can't worry about your little piddly problems. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah, that's wonderful. We, we were on the receiving end of receiving blessings, and I was out of work for 11 months, and we kept an eight and a half, Sandy kept an eight and a half by 11 book um, of different blessings that we received and kept track of what were there, like two and a half pages of, yeah. two and a half pages of everything from food. Um, we had a dog at the time, and the food for the dog came, and all sorts of other things, and it was just a blessing. So we've been on the receiving end, and it is just such a relief to see those kinds of things happen when you're struggling mm-hmm. and it was just a real blessing so being on the receiving end was a, just incredible so in this case you know barney was uh he didn't want to give up his sandwich obviously and i think i think we're often like that too if we're the ones trying to give it's sometimes it's easy to give when it's just i got an extra you know extra coke yeah i'll give you my coke but sometimes maybe it's a little harder when because we are thinking about ourselves it's harder to give away that oh this is the only coke i have or the only sandwich i have or whatever it might be this is to give god the glory during that time we had some good friends that were missionaries to new guinea and they were trying to raise money for an airplane and we determined to give 20 percent of whatever we got to them toward the plane and so they were surprised to get a check and it was just amazing to see God provide above and beyond that but it's like during a time of need and it's like the widow's might you know it's like we do hold on and yet when you let go God just blesses abundantly yeah yeah that's uh, that's what I think one of the tenets God teaches us you know you know, test me in this that's the one thing he does say you give you test me and I, it's it's a it's a hard thing for non Christians to understand, even for Christians to understand, but especially for non Christians to realize that you can tithe, you can you can do whatever it might be, given of yourself, but things still work out. You know how how can you be tithing your ten percent or whatever you're you're doing, and you make the same amount of money as this guy? But this guy's in debt up to his ears, and you're doing okay. So what's the difference? One of my one of my friends at work, he always said, he said, well, you know, you can tithe because it's God's money. He doesn't need your money. He can get the money wherever he wants it, right? But maybe you don't tithe or you don't give to the church or you don't do the things you, that God wants you to do. Now, it's all about what God wants you to do. I'm not saying you should tithe. It's what God lays on your heart. But maybe you're not doing it, but you should be. But maybe the guy who puts the roof on your house, he might tithe. <laughs> and so maybe you got a leak in your roof or something. You know, there's... God can get the money however he needs to. So, I mean, it's, I think a lot of times we hold on to things even when we don't need to. 
Alan, what you first said about us all thinking most everybody's selfish or a lot of people, that's, I have thought for a long time, I know that's one of the reasons God sent Colin to me because I really had lost faith. I thought nobody would go out of their way to help anybody. I really, and since I've had Colin, I, honestly, there's thousands of people. It's, it has changed my attitude towards people, and part of those people are sitting all around us right here. It's it's just been amazing to me what I've seen that there is a lot of good people, and some of them are even the rich people that you think don't care about nothing but money themselves. But we've just truly been blessed with the people that are awesome. willing to go out of their way to do anything for Colin. So that's great. That's awesome. You know, a lot of times the way I start looking at things is is when uh, somebody. When I see a need that I can meet, I look at that as God's trying to get something to me. So I need to go ahead and give whatever I have. I've had people, I have bought, this is crazy, but I've bought like a necklace or jewelry or something before. And I I loved it when I bought it. And then when I got it home, I thought, I don't even like that. But I would wear it one time and somebody would say, oh, I love that. And I said, well, here you go. I, I bought it for you. <laughs> you. That's true. I mean, and that has happened to me so many times when I have said, oh, I like that. And I have to be careful about saying I like certain things because people will give to me just, and that's got to be God, you know. Wow, that's great. Yeah, because I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely don't have that gift. I, I like to give uh, things after somebody says something to me about, hey, you ought to do, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great idea, like you guys did over this weekend. But it's pretty amazing. We've, we were foster parents for 10 years, and I remember when the Lord told us to do it, my husband said, we can't afford it. How are we going to afford the equipment, God forbid, the diapers? Um, they give you $10 a day to take care of the child, newborn up to 18 years old. And so I said, honey, if God calls us to do it, he will provide. The unbelievers that we knew poured into us so abundantly, plus the believers, we had three of everything, three cribs, three strollers. It was like, oh, I've got goosebumps. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We had three car seats, three booster chairs, you name it. We had three of everything. And people would say, oh, I, I just can't foster. First of all, I can't give them back. I said, well, that's between you and God. But secondly, we can't afford it. And I said, no, no, no. If you'll let the Lord, he will open heaven, pour down a blessing so abundant that you will not be able to receive it. And when we retired last year after 10 years and 56 kids, we were able to give every bit of it away in threes. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Wow. So we were talking about giving. So 2 Corinthians 9 says, Each man should give as he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So you you do what God is laying on your heart to do. You know, taking care of foster kids, you know, giving gifts to people, uh, you know, having things ready for the homeless people when you see them. Those are things God lays on your heart. So if there's something He's laying on your heart to do like that, you know, do it. Because it's really, you'll get a blessing out of doing it. It's, I mean, he's, he's not doing this to be mean to you, to test you to see what you'll do, I don't believe. He's doing it because you get a blessing out of giving things to people. You, you get blessed by doing it. Let's see. Uh, why, do we, well, why do we often fail to help them? Why do we fail? We kind of already talked about that a good bit. Yeah, we're afraid. We're afraid we don't have the money. 
uh, we don't have the resources. We don't know how God's going to take care of that. Uh, you know, I can't do that. You know, that's not responsible doing that. Uh, you know, you. Yeah, somebody else will do it. Yeah, there, there's already a government program for that. Well, I don't have to do this. You know, uh, you know, there's there's all kinds of reasons not to do it. But the only reason to do it is because you know God has laid it on your heart. That's the real reason to do it. And uh, let's see, uh, Andy told Opie not to worry about the dogs. Of course, Barney went through an entire speech. Uh, talking about how dogs could take care of himself, and as you listen to it, as you as you listen to it, you can hear uh, you can hear uh, Barney slowly begin to uh, try to convince himself that the dogs are going to be okay. So he continues on, you know, being selfish. The dogs are uh, giraffes are selfish. The dogs look out for one another. All those kind of things. Uh, so could uh, could this have a negative impact or effect on a child's desire to help others? Because Barney was rationalizing that. Could that have some kind of impact? I guess not really on just children, but on uh, others. Let's see. Uh, Matthew, I think. Let's make sure I'm getting the right verse I had here. Yeah, Matthew eighteen thirty-three says, "Shouldn't you have, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I've had on you?" <laughs> You know, because uh, you know, who was it? The 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 guy who owed money. You know, these people owed him money, and the guy forgave them for owing them money. And then that servant went running off to make the other guy pay him, and then try to throw him in jail for it, for not having the money. Don't we? Uh, I think I think that's the danger. If you if we don't realize the mercies that we've been shown, or we don't realize to take care of people, you know we. We don't understand that we're not showing it if somebody else shows it to us as well. So, uh, don't we make the same arguments about others and decide that they'll be fine or someone else will surely take care of them? We, we kind of talked about that a little bit too. We do because there's government programs for all kinds of stuff. There's, there's shelters for the homeless. There's, uh, you know, there's uh, Meals on Wheels. There's... Uh, all kinds of stuff. But, and those are all good. There's nothing wrong with them. But we miss out on the blessing when we don't help people. It's, you know, it's your, you know, we miss out. It's, they don't necessarily because maybe somebody else does take care of them. Because if God wants to take care of somebody, he's going to get somebody to step up and do that job because it's going to get done. But I think a lot of times we, we miss out. It says, uh, Matthew 23 uh, 23, 23 says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. So I think well, a lot of times we, we focus on these little things and don't see the big picture that we're really called as Christians to take care of people. I mean, we're supposed to love one another. You know, and how do you show love? You show mercy. You carry food to somebody that's sick. You, you offer to clean their gutters because it's, uh, you know, they can't get up on the ladder. Or you, you get the straw, off, uh, the pine straw off their house for them because they can't get up on the roof. There's just all kinds of ways that you can show that kind of mercy. Or you throw a graduation party and crown a girl queen of Mayberry. That's right. That's right. So, 
Yeah, again, I've got to, all those, luckily I have people around me that have a gift of mercy that think of those kind of things. Because, uh, you know, I, we all have our gifts. We all have gifts. And yours may not be mercy. But like I said, I don't think of things like that. But boy, when somebody mentions it, I go, oh, that's a great idea. I didn't think of it. And of course, then I feel guilty for not thinking of it. But then I realize, well... We all have gifts. And so God uses us all together to work towards His purposes. And, and luckily He does that. So I, I thank you guys already for thinking of those things. But, but yeah, it's just little things that make people happy and do things for them. I think that's what we really need to, to focus on. Are we like Barney? Are we like uh, selfish giraffes? Are we, are, we as, are we giraffes walking around with our head in the air? Looking out for number one, <clears throat> getting struck by lightning, all that. If you think about the illustration of a giraffe, the giraffe's head is way up high, and it turns and and it eats up high, and it never looks down, never looks around, out of its normal range of of sight. And sometimes we, I think, we do the same thing. We don't, we we go about our day looking at the same things every day, and we kind of don't even think about looking around and looking in advance that a neighbor that might need help and we just kind of say oh their grass is getting long but all of a sudden god puts on our heart well why did why did you see that now and not before well maybe god's talking to you because you're looking around you're being more aware of of areas where you can use your gifts talents and strengths and maybe it's just sitting with somebody that's had a back operation because they don't see anybody oh that's so true i mean that's one of the things you can pray about you know every day if you get up and pray god you know show me Show me what's around me. Show me things I might need to talk to somebody about or make me aware of the things around me because you're right. I, we all, we've got jobs. Uh, we've got responsibilities we have to do. Eagle's wings for Kenneth. He's retired, but he works more now than he did then, I think. But we have all these things. We've got, we're focused to get this job done. And, and like the giraffe, like you're, we, miss, we miss the person right beside us that's upset. And I'm too busy to ask them, you know, what's wrong? So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a really good point. Opie was quick to want to help the dogs, and others gradually picked it in. Why did they change their attitudes? What, what changed their mind? You know, when they first brought them in there, it was, well, there's all those dogs. They're worried about not getting state funding for their, uh, for their project they're looking for. In Hebrews 3, 13, it says, Be encouraged. Uh, be, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, for that none, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end in the confidence we had at first. So we, we come to Christ, you know, a lot of the new Christians, they're real fired up and want to do a whole lot of things, and that's great. But what happens over the years? You slow down to some degree. You lose a little bit of that original fire. But if we could hold on to the fact of that confidence we had at first, that uh, that desire to do things for God because of what Jesus did for us, I mean, it really can impact us. Philippians, uh, Philippians 2 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. So I think if we can keep that focus, and the only way I know to do that, because that's not a gift of mine, is to pray every day about that, that God, the Holy Spirit, will reveal things to me. 
and he'll he'll lead me to do the things that he wants me to do make me aware of the things of course with that awareness you know you have to do something that's exactly right if you become aware if you ever ask for uh discernment whoo that's a bad i prayed one time for that and i told i've told people kiddingly before i'll never do that again because <laughs> once once you uh once you've got discernment you have to take action on what you've been told so not discouraging you, but realize that there's a responsibility that comes with it as well. Uh, is it possible that we can learn a lot from children? Exactly what prompted Opie, Andy, uh, Barney, Otis, and the investigator to show mercy? What, what made them show the mercy they saw? Because all the dogs, you know, came running in. You know, Otis uh, didn't want to carry the dogs home because he's going to get in trouble with his wife. She'd barely let him in the house, he said. But... He, he showed mercy, in this case, not on the dogs, but on Andy and Barney because they've done things for him before. What you're saying, where people give you things because you've given things and things just come back. You've got to be careful not to ask for something because people will give it to you. Otis was in that same boat. He, he had been, Andy and Barney had been so good to him over the years that, you know, he, he owed them, he felt like. The, uh, the inspector saw something that nobody else saw. Everybody else saw him as dogs. He saw them as hunting dogs, fine hunting dogs. And so sometimes a different perspective helps everybody realize that there's something else going on here. And God will bring it to your, to your attention, that there's something here that needs to be, to be done or something that needs to be noticed. And it'll just be a totally different insight into the thing that everybody's been looking at for, for so much time. That's true. Yeah, perspective makes a big difference, doesn't it? Where you're coming from, the life experiences you may have had. A lot of that stuff changes the way you think about something. Uh, that's the reason I believe it's always good to have counsel. You talk to people. Your uh, trusted friends, Christian friends, your wife, your spouse. You know, that you, you've got somebody that you can talk to because they may have a different perspective on the same issue than you. So they see it completely different. They see a different, uh, different attitude there. It's Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says, uh, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that hard? That's the, you know, you see all the things happening in the world and you see all the things going on right now that we all are concerned about or whatever. But we've got to have mercy and compassion on people and remember that Christ, the reason we're different is because Christ forgave us. You know, God, God through Christ, forgave us. Uh, let's see, all right. So uh, the kennel grew from one to 11 dogs. No matter how much we help, there always seem to be more that can be done. Does this fact discourage you? And if it does, why, is it, why does it discourage you? Because, you know, there's always more to do than we can do. There always is. So is it a discouragement to you? You know, the, the field's ready for harvest. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of stuff out there to do. But do you get to the point where it's like, well, I don't even know where to start? Well, for me, anyway, the way you start is just one, one person at a time. You can't do everything, and so don't even... Tr- you don't have to try to do that. If you impact one person's life, 
then they may go, you've seen those commercials where the somebody, you know, drops something and somebody picks it up and brings it to them. And then somebody saw that. And then, you know, and then they see somebody about to trip over something. They move it out of the way for them. And, you know, or they see somebody trying to get in the door. And then somebody sees, you know, it just, it, it propagates. So while we can't do in ourselves, we can't fix everything, don't even, don't think about it like that. You have one person at a time, and God will take care of the rest. You know, that's, uh, that's where it's going to go. I think it's interesting, too, that it started with one dog and then went up the chain and then to 11, and nobody thought about 11 dogs until they all arrived. But the idea behind it is they took it to only a certain level, and then someone else stepped in. The owner of the dogs took them all, all 11 back. So sometimes the ministry that you're dealing with is not going to be, don't think too far down the road that it's going to be a, a, such a big ministry or, or big thing that you're going to be overwhelmed with it because somebody will come alongside or somebody will pick it up from that area and then run with it from there. Good, good perspective. Us, um, my husband is very shy and very quiet, and he said, Michelle, you could witness to a tree, but I can't, you know, witness. And after we began fostering, he said God showed him he's witnessing to one child at a time. So he had 56 that he was able to witness to over 10 years. I said, baby, that was your harvest field. So he may not be able to go talk to a crowd, but he definitely could pray over and witness to these kids that we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great example. And that was over a 10-year period, 56 10 people. 56 people 56. in 10 years. But it was, but you know, it was uh, one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. And, you know, you don't have to do everything today. You know, and like you said, somebody else. There's other people out there with the same ideas that we have to minister to people and take care of people. And so you're not alone. We each have a part. You know, the Bible says some sow, some water some harvest there's everybody has a part to do he didn't say do it all which is what i used to try to do i thought i had to do everything for everybody and then you're running around doing all this and you can't hear from the lord or anything else because you're just worn out first of all but you're trying to get everybody saved everybody's needs met and and then you have to step back and go i'm gonna die if i keep stan is really good about this kind of stuff because he he has been discouraged about his arm and things that have been going on and he never complains he never but like my old neighbor he's so sweet to go over there and sit with him and and check on him every day and and Pete just thinks of him as a son because he, he's over there every day. He's checking on him every day. He's, do you need anything today? And, I mean, he can't do a whole lot, but what he can do, he does. You know, he does what he can do. And that, I think that's all God expects from us, just to do what you can do. That's right. Sometimes that's just listening. Yeah, and sometimes it's just listening. That's right. That's right. All right, let's see the uh, verses I had for about some of this here. Let's... Uh, Let's just do uh, this short one here. Luke six thirty six, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. That's what we're really talking about, right? Well, folks, I want to thank you all for being a part of this. I hope you've uh, enjoyed uh, just uh, looking through the Andy Griffith Show and trying to see what we can learn from, uh, from the things that happen there. I'll leave you with this final thought because this is Barney. <laughs> all right? It's on there. The quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven. You're not talking to a jerk, you know. (laughs) So, folks, I want to thank you, and uh, y'all have a safe trip heading back home if you're leaving out, and uh, we'll get back together again.
Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed the uh, Mayberry Bible Study podcast. It's always great to be able to do one and put an episode together. It's a little bit hard because we need to gather people together in uh, one spot to be able to perform the uh, Bible study as a as a group because it's so much better than just having my opinion when I can hear all of yours. So I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, I just want to say a quick prayer for us, and then we'll get out of here. Father, I just want to thank you for a chance to do this show and to uh, just be a part of it and be a part of the Andy Griffith Show Lord, it's been so uh, much of a blessing in my life, and I just pray that in some way you use this to touch others. And uh, Lord, just uh, help them as they see Andy Griffith Show episodes. Help us all as we see them, just to learn a little bit more about you as we go through our life. Amen. Well, folks, once again, thank you, and we'll see you next time right here on the Mayberry Bible Study Podcast. A place is so dear to my childhood